Hey man, why don't you go on ahead and play me some smooth blues? Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of BPM, the podcast where we get behind people's music. As you guessed from the intro, this week we go bluesy as we follow the guy called Eodora Johnson, the man, the myth, the legend, around the globe on his journey to express himself through the power of the blues. He doesn't quite have a battle with the devil, although we do at some point listen to an explanation of uh, a battle with the devil, so stay tuned for that. But we hear how Eodora went from humble beginnings, really, in Italy and then went on to be a bit of a blues musician as well as an architect here in Berlin. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. It's been a little while since we've uh, been speaking to each other. There's been a couple of reviews up in the meantime and we're now on episode 10 of BPM. I didn't think we would get this far on BPM to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I hope it's going well but please do keep your feedback coming in. Also the Facebook group has grown quite a lot so you just search for BPM pod BPM pod, if you want me to say it slower, that's the letter B, the letter P, the letter M, and then pod, P-O-D. Um, you can find it there, and uh, please do give it a like, share it around. We've grown to about 100 or so likes now, which isn't huge. I know that that's not huge, and I know that to most of you that doesn't sound like much, but it's still a path to something good, and I think we've got something good going here. So share it around, and uh, please do like. We got rid of Twitter, because... I used it for about a week and then decided I don't like Twitter. So we stopped doing that. So unfortunately, that's not there. But it is uh, Instagram is up now. And a lot of bands we've been talking to and a lot of bands coming up seem to be on Instagram. So I think putting some energy there is actually a better idea. But let's see how we go. Over the past weeks, what have I been up to, really? Not not much. I started a new job. So it's... um. It's really eaten into uh, time to play music and time to podcast, but I think we're juggling it well. Uh, I've been out to interview quite a few more people. It's been a big uh, push uh, of interviewees at the moment, and I almost froze to death the other day, just after I had finished interviewing a couple of members of a band called Scars. They'll be coming up in a few weeks' time, so stay tuned for that. But as I left, it was a proper blizzard, a proper proper blizzard that was very british of me a proper blizzard mate but uh, it really really was and i really thought this is it i'm done for because it was a good way from where i live and uh, it was quite a long cycle really so i was a little bit worried for a second but we got home fine it was nice um we've been talking about band names uh, i was thinking of forming a band a little while back May- mainly to play my morning jacket covers to be perfectly honest with you but also to play some of my original stuff. And the other day, uh, we emptied a black cabinet in the apartment here, and my wife and I said, you know, when are we going to finish the black cabinet project? And I thought, that's an excellent band name. An excellent band name. The black cabinet project. And then I was meant to go to a jazz night the other night, but didn't, and nobody turned up, actually. Um, And someone said, you know, we should make it mandatory jazz. So I've come up with the band name now, which is The Black Cabinet Project. 
and their first album is Mandatory Jazz. And it won't be anything jazzy. It'll be like Queen did, you know, when they did that jazz album, and really it wasn't jazzy at all. Um, yeah, that's that's the sort of inspiration, I think, behind the album that hasn't even been released yet for the band that doesn't exist yet. But what are some good band names, actually? Do let me know. Like, what have you got? Because they just come up in conversation, you know? Like, the other day, I think someone said some phrase about Devil's Revenge. I was like, that's a great... Great death metal, thrash metal band name, right? Devil's Revenge. I think that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, what what ones do you come up with? What ones? Has there been a phrase in the past few weeks where you've just thought that's a great band name or a great album name? Do let us know. That'd be really interesting to uh, to hear about, actually. But let's start it off with the chain that is trying to link some of these podcasts together as we go to the big question. That's right, it's time for the big question, or big questions. And on the last episode, we heard Lisa Akua, a singer-songwriter from Germany, who has spent a lot of time in Ireland and learned the ways of the sort of mystical Celtic folk there. And uh, she asked this question. If there is one line in one of your songs that you really dislike and you could change it, what is it and why? Now this week we have blues musician Eodora Johnson, or Iodora Johnson, and he's going to be talking about his journey, Eodora's journey, it even is, uh, called the band, as he goes through the world playing the blues. But this was the answer that Eodora gave. It's a good question in reality because uh, I am not, uh, of course, English or American, and so I learned... Uh, the English language and how to write uh, basically in the high schools and of course I listen to a lot of English uh, programs and music and so talking about music there are also especially in the solos some lines or some things which are not convincing me 100% the older I become the better I can accept my, my lines and how I play and so uh, because um, this is, uh, let's say, uh, an everyday study. So the more the more you are uh, you are conscious about your playing, the more satisfied you are about what you play. And so, even if there there are some, as I said, imperfections or or some music lines which are not exactly what you wanted to express, but they 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 fit very well in the. In the in the song together with the song, then then it's okay. I mean, is yeah. Now, of course, we'll end the episode with a bit of a jam, and the next question for the next guest. So stay tuned for that. But do keep these questions coming in. If you're a singer songwriter out there, even if you haven't been featured, please do send in your questions. It just takes a quick recording, and uh, we'll put it in for the next guest to answer. I think it's quite an interesting thing to do, right? So. Uh, yeah, we'll get it sorted at some point. So just, uh, yeah, send in your clips. But now, as promised a few minutes ago, we go to Blues Town tonight as we hit up Eodora Johnson, who you can find on SoundCloud, uh, Eodora's Journey, and uh, listen to some stuff there. And it was just a great talk. We had a really, really nice time. I had some wonderful coffee. I never drink coffee. So I was a little bit like a excitable child bumping around everywhere. And the amount of gear that Eodora has is fantastic. It's incredible. Some stuff I never even heard of, actually. Um, yeah, we just had a really, really nice time talking about music. And we have a lot of the same influences um, from John Mayer and John Mayall, put it that way. Um, Eric Clapton, 
the Allman Brothers Band, Derek and the Dominoes and all of that lot, Led Zeppelin, we talk about a bit, The Who, Tom Petty. It was a great sort of, uh, I mean, for me, good. Maybe for you, not as interested. Now I've thought about it, you know, maybe this isn't as interesting for the listener. But whatever, I had a nice time, and I'm pretty sure you're going to have a nice time too. So this is what happened when I took the blues with Eardora Johnson. My name is uh, Ayadar Johnson. Uh, I play guitar since uh, I was 16 years old. I'm very passionate about blues. Blues is my, let's say, expression. The expression through I can be really myself. Um, because, uh, let's say, with my daily job, I express a part of me which is not complete. And with the music, I can feel this, let's say, gap really well. And uh, I really literally love the music because uh, it saves also my life many times. But we heard you playing some there at the mm-hmm. beginning of yeah. this episode quickly, and it was really, really fantastic, really, really good. But what, what really inspired that sound? I guess it's, you've said this before to me because we talked before, it's very sort of Clapton-esque, actually. Yeah, um, let's say every guitarist has uh, its uh, let's say come si dice of of deutsch in in german is orenwurm no yeah, yeah, yeah. this this you know this 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 fly which goes inside your ear and says no this is not good yeah, you have another yeah, yeah. perception of the sound so it took me really a lot of time to let's say study properly how to how I wanted to sound. Mm. Um, since I was a kid, I was completely in love with the Gibson Les Paul and the Marshall, you know, the 45 JTM, all the 1971 stuck. And I, I thought, okay, that's the perfect thing for me. And it was like a sort of, uh, how can I say, icon. Mm. So I got in my mind always that sound. I started immediately with the Fender Stratocaster and the Gibson Les Paul. I, I was not, uh, I don't know, into other kind of guitars. So I started directly with the two most famous and most played guitars of the world. And uh, since then, I tried to figure out really which is my, which is my, my sound. How do I sound? And um, I, all the equipment I have, all the pedals I have, uh, how I set, it my, set up also my guitars is because I studied, let's say, quite deeply uh, how they were sounding in the 60s. Mm. 60s, in this period of the, you know, rock blues, hard rock, you know, this blues explosion between 1964, 65, and then 1971, etc. So, and yeah, it took me a while, but I'm pretty happy about that. But it's only the blues (laughs) from that sort of period that you're into? Because we were talking earlier, like, and straight away, without me mentioning it, you mentioned, like, Led Zeppelin. Like, immediately. I was like, okay, so he's not just a blues man. No, uh, I mean, Led Zeppelin forever. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, um, to me, really, they are the group which inspired me, makes me dream, made me dream a lot uh, with their songwriting, with their playing, how Jimmy Page was playing. Mm. This mix between acoustic, blues, hard rock, electric was... to me is absolutely nowadays there's nobody in my opinion who can achieve that level mm, mm. they they made it's fantastic yeah, so yeah. and um, also how he sounded i don't know there was something in in this guitar sound he had the mellow of the fingers and the 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 the, 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 the strings i don't know how it was but i fall in love and i i thought yeah this is also 
my voice. This mm. is also where I want to be. And then John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, you're exactly. a big fan of as well. Exactly. And then I guess through Clapton, we go to not even just Clapton his own, right? I guess Cream and Cream, stuff like that. Cream, of course, the Clapton of the 70s yeah. with all his drug problems, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. for example, 461 Ocean Boulevard mm. is yeah. a beautiful it's a fantastic album, album, fantastic album, yeah. no? I found it on vinyl secondhand in a store and didn't buy it. I have it too. Then. I didn't buy it. It was like two euros or something. I was like, wow, that's really cheap. Even yeah. if it's a bad pressing, but I didn't get it. Well, ah. It was really stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Ah. There will be a chance. It will come sure. around again. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But there we go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Clapton uh, was the first one who really um, made his own language. You know, mm. He was able to synthesize the old blues players with his, let's say, being white. Mm. Because mm. there's nothing to do. There were... They were white guys who were trying to play Muddy Waters, yeah, no? yeah, yeah. basically. And so Clapton, uh, let's say, he had the luck also that he was, uh, um, uh, it was as a guest in John Mayer's house for a period. So John Mayer had a lot of uh, vinyls, 45 RPM vinyls from the old times. And Clapton spent, I think, six, eight months, something like that, just playing, learning, eating, sleeping, playing, learning, eating, sleeping. No, and of course, you develop then a language. Mm. You, you, your mind is going through. You synthesize, and then you go out and you tell your own. And that's what he did basically with the with the Blues Breakers. That's why this album for me is so iconic. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> so they're your sort of musical influences and beginnings and we're going to go back to them at some point more in a minute definitely mm-hmm. but what is your musical beginning tell us a little bit about yourself oh my musical beginning so uh, i decided to play the guitar because i saw a mississippi boy adventure this movie with ralph macchio you know I've from karate never Kid. heard of it oh well that now was i'm gonna really have <laughs> to watch this mississippi boy adventure yeah i think it's called like that so basically this is the story of this this young guy who was playing uh, in the academy the classical guitar and then he was working, I think, as a social worker in the free time, something like this at the hospital. And it happened that he, he met a, a black man. Mm. And this black man played uh, the harmonica. So, and he knew that he was a blues player. And so from here, the story starts, basically. And they end up together, going together, going to Mississippi to, insomma, to discover the, uh, let's say, the, the roots of the blues. And the final, there is a final battle. Between, between Ralph Macchio, which is in reality Ray Kuder, the famous guitar player, yeah. playing his parts, oh, wow. yes, and Steve Vay as the devil, basically. Oh my god, <laughs> how have I not seen this film? Oh yeah, that's really cool. It sounds really like cool. the Tenacious D film, but like 30 <laughs> years ago. I yeah, love more it. or less. Yeah, more or less. But I saw the final scene, really, this final battle, and I was like, yeah, I want to play like that. And I was 15 years old. <laughs> I was, I was so impressed about the blues I was so impressed what the blues moved inside my body my heart it was incredible and so I really pointed at the TV and I said okay I want to play like that so that's where I started I started with some little classical also lessons and then my, my teacher saw me and said no you don't want to play classical okay <laughs> so okay i suggest you to to listen to led zeppelin one two three john Mayer blues breakers and so this is also where, where i got goes. my yeah 
musical family though or not really um not really my my grandfather actually was uh, um a composer but in the, in the free time so he was listening a lot of classical music i always got in reality into the, the music world mm. and when i was a very little kid my parents they loved santana Mm-hmm. And so they played Santana to me a lot of times. I broke a lot of uh, <laughs> vinyls, as well. but my mother always bought the Santana. This I have this Welcome, which is a white album, and it, in fact, it, this is my favorite from the period because it's a it's a mix between jazz, rock, blues. So it's really cool, and uh, and. And you can hear that I have also a lot of Santana in my playing, the bandings, you know, how angry I am sometimes, you know, and, and this is this comes from this Santana influence I have. So yeah. <laughs> But when did you first then get a guitar? So that was 15, 16, and you were doing classical sort of guitaring. Exactly. And then you realized this isn't really, this isn't really for me whatsoever. No. So then did you continue with lessons to sort of develop this blues style? Or did you just start playing on your own and no. run away with it? Basically, I had some hints from this, this, this teacher. He taught me also some chords, uh, let's say first chord, basic chords. Mm. No? And then I started really to... Uh, transcribe with my ear everything what I could hear from the TV, from the radio, from cassettes I was recording at the radio, for example. And uh, this I, I did this thing f- for more or less one or two years. Then I moved from the city I was and I moved to another city. And then I met some guys and there there was a, a really good player which is now I think pretty famous in Italy from the city where I was and I took some blues lessons from him but I was always I will always be thankful to this person because of course he, he really initiated me let's say to to all the, the who blues who is that person who is he uh, he's called Gianni Royatti so yeah he's uh, good luck spelling that one You mentioned before we started recording this podcast when we were just talking and drinking coffee, which I've drunk all of mine now, man, like already. It was very quick, but uh, he's still going through his. But um, you mentioned that you went to London at some point to get feedback off yeah. of people. Yeah. Like, was that something you just sort of paid to do or did you find sort of seek someone out or did you just sort of turn up and play how did that work what was the feedback you were sort of looking for um well um it happened that i'm i was trying to let's say set up a group here in berlin which i did but we played only one concert and uh, to find out the right people uh, who plays how i think the blues should be played it was pretty difficult so I went to some you know jam session but I was not satisfied so I said okay I will study home I will play I will try to download some backing tracks and <coughs> then I realized okay in London started everything with Eric Clapton and company that we spoke mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. 
and still actually it is a really 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 good place if you want to hear and to play good blues because for example Matt Schofield who is now one of the best guitarists you can find in the world comes from the UK so I was playing also there in jam sessions and whatever. So a lot of really good people are there. And I said, okay, why not? Why should I shouldn't go there really and, and find the truth? If I, if I am at a good level, if I play, if I have feeling and what the people say to me. And so this was really a good experience because, of course, I got some really good feedback also. And uh, especially rhythmically, because for me it's really important uh, the rhythm in the music so the rhythm defines the music not the scales mm. not the chords no <clears throat> and this i wanted to find out and i found it out and so i got some tips you should listen more this you should listen more that you know so it's a work in progress for me uh, but it was actually a super good experience and i got some really good uh, i got to know some really good people who gave you the tips like fellow musicians or just people you played to or? um no actually it happened that i met everybody there <clears throat> because I had a f- I have the, the the drummer who played with me plays with me in the in the group let's say is is a friend of mine and he, he was uh, uh, living in London for five years so he knew a lot of people and said yeah I give you this contact this contact and so I just contacted the people and it happened that they had two jam sessions in two days and uh, yeah and then I spoke with uh, with a guitarist with uh, with a drummer and with other people and the drummer said you technically you are absolutely good rhythmically absolutely super you have just to listen a bit more to the old improve maybe this or this you know tips that of course they give you and you know you can't also expect that in two days in two days session you show whatever you 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 have because Mm. first of all of course i am emotioned no so i am a bit shy you know (laughs) oh maybe i will play bad i will play good so you can't really express all your potentials no No. in jam sessions and um, but then I tried really to do my best, and uh, I have to say, I was absolutely. I am grateful because uh, because finally I found out that uh, I mean all the studies I made, all the efforts I made, they they are worth something. At least in the rhythm, at least in 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 how I play. So you know, it's always a work in progress. So mm-hmm. of course, I will never finish learning. No, you're not at the level you want to be yet. No, right? I'm not. <laughs> and will, I don't know if you ever will be, right? Because once you get better, you'll always be like, yeah, but I could do this bit a bit better and keep going. Um, no, uh, sometimes I realize how good I am. I mean, not not try, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be unmodest, okay? No, 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 but no. But no, totally. sometimes I realize, I said, wow, I can... I, you can actually play. Yeah, I can actually <laughs> play. If yeah. I could be close to Matt, Schofield, uh, Matt Schofield, sorry... I could play with him, maybe not at really his level, he's a master, of course, but I could really play with him a blues. I could really con- make a conversation with the mm. guitar, no? Mm. And, 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 you know, and, uh, and this sometimes I realize. But then there is another part in me which says, wait a minute, man. Yeah, okay, you learn this, but you should a bit practice more that, because yeah. in that you are not really good. And so there's always something to discover, to practice, mm, mm. to improve. Are you a pretty curious person? 
Oh yeah. yeah. I would say you must be, otherwise you wouldn't have that sort of energy to keep well, doing more. Yeah, I am. I am. I am curious about uh, technologies uh, in my job, the latest things, car design. I'm curious. I am really, really curious. Absolutely, uh, I go to art uh, exhibitions. You know, I want to always to see what's what's the news in mm. new stuff in the world. Uh, this is this is a part of me. I was always like that. So you're not shy in asking for feedback from people because I find that a lot of musicians myself included and a lot of people i've spoken to through this Mm. they play very well and they do very well but it's very rare that they're as open as you just were then and you actually go looking for feedback because it hurts Mm. right some of it can hurt because you think you're quite good at something and then someone might say no actually that was shit like yeah you need to learn more here but you seem pretty positive about that about being challenged um i mean um when i was in italy i never got feedback Mm. from anyone so i had or Almost anyone, let's say. So I had always to understand by myself at which which point I was and how I could progress, you know. And at some point I realized, okay, I've, I always found abroad the people were more honest with mm-hmm. me. They were, you know, saying to me really from the heart, you played really good or yeah, it was okay, you know. And, uh, and that's why... Now I don't have any sort of uh, um, how can I say a fear to ask for a feedback. Mm. I mean, uh, if you if you don't ask for a feedback, what is how can you improve? Mm. Uh, mm. At some point, you don't know anymore what to do. You don't, and there are also famous musicians. I read that they asked really other famous musicians because they didn't know how to go on anymore. Mm. So they needed really. Uh, really a good talk and and good feedback to understand this. No, mm. so you know. There's actually a guy I really, really like on YouTube. He's a vocal coach, a guy called Sam Johnson. Mm-hmm. And um, he does vocal sort of critiques of famous people on YouTube. But it's always very respectful. It's very blunt. And like, you know, this isn't good. This isn't good. This needs to improve. Mm-hmm. But it's never stop doing it. It's like, no, no, no. But you do need to improve in these areas. And I kind of like that approach to things. It's mm-hmm. much more honest. And it's not saying you're a complete failure. But there are things to work on. And you need to do those things. And I think Absolutely. that's... a that's a good way to go about it, especially with vocals, which we talked about actually before this, because yeah. vocals is an area you do want to improve on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean... And do people feedback on that, on vocals at all? Or uh, do we not sing live that much, I guess? Mm, on the vocals, not so much, I have to say. And this, of course, makes me suspect, because if they don't give me feedback in the vocal, this means mm, there are two possibilities. Or I sing so good that, you know, there's no need for feedback, or I sing so bad, or let's say not in the way the thing should be sung. Mm. No, that, of course, you know, they don't want to hurt. But let's focus a little bit on your music specifically now, because mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of stuff on SoundCloud, right? Mm-hmm. And was that all home produced under this sort of Eodora's journey, or was yeah. it uh, with a band? Um, the first idea was, of course, 
to produce it under the name of a band, no? So That's it, me mixing the coffee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second one. So it, it will be probably I'm gonna very... Be go- <laughs> I'm going to be insane later. <laughs> exactly. I jumping, really don't drink it that often. Jumping so. like the cats are yeah. on the ceiling. Oh, my God. Well, um, I was saying that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the first name I used for the band was uh, um, Sugar Blues. Sugar Blues is an old uh, uh, song from ZZ Top, the first album. Uh, but then, uh, then I found out, mm, okay, I pretty like it, I pretty don't, pretty don't like it. So I wanted really something uh, a bit more, how can I say, personal. That's why I found it. I found out Ayodora Johnson and. Ayadora's journey. So Ayadora's journey basically is the journey of Ayadora Johnson, a man who has, you know, feelings, who experiences love, frustration, work, you know, lives the life. And through these songs, I would like to communicate some feelings, emotions, and experiences, life experiences. So, and that's why all the songs also I, I recorded with the, the Sugar Blues are included in this Ayadora's journey thing. So, yeah. And a lot of it, is it covers or interpretations of people's songs? Or there's your own songs on there as well, right? Uh, yes, there are covers, of course, uh, interpretations, let's say, and then some, some original stuff. Mm. I try now to, yeah, to be concentrated more in writing original stuff. And uh, actually, I, I wrote a hard rock tune Yes, wow. I yes. That Led Zeppelin influence has <laughs> yes, really yes, kicked exactly. back in. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And uh, and uh, it's it's very short because you know in the seventies the the rock tunes in the in the LPs no you had only forty eight minutes something yeah. like this so you had to be very short. So I think it's three minutes and something song. It's really dense, but it's 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 cool. And uh, yeah, and as I said, I, I try to communicate what I have. So I try to concentrate on writing stuff, and but more in the music I like. The one that I really sort of liked the most um, on SoundCloud, at least the ones I listened to, was I think it's got a long title. You picked a very long title, but it's "Life Can Give You a Hit, But Don't Give, give up, up Moving." moving. That's yeah. that, right? That is a really long <laughs> title, man. Yes. Like, um, Spotify love you, like, yeah. or whatever, because like, that that barely fits in the the field. So, yeah. where did that come from? Because that's almost like. I know we talked a bit about Clapton and some Led Zepp influences and uh, and yeah, etc. But that's almost like dire straitsy kind of yes. very reverby. This yeah. very sort of like Mark Knopflery tone. This very sort of muffled tone, but yeah. actually quite clear. Yeah. At the same time, he strikes that really weird balance between the two. Like I don't know how he does it. It's quite soft, but also very clear. Yeah. And that's almost what that was like. Yeah. He used basically Mark Knopfler. I consider him the lord of the guitar, so mm. or the duke, or I don't know how to mm. say this in mm. in English. Uh, we say uh, in Italian is the the il, il conte il vabbè insomma. Yeah. Anyway. You can cut it anyway. He's the king, uh, King okay. yeah, Believe him. Exactly, but he's really a master to me uh, because he can be very delicate and very aggressive, mm. you know. But he uses the fingers, mm. so thanks to his uh, country influence, you no. Know? And um, yeah, and he, he, he's got a tone in on the on the Les Paul, which is fantastic. So mm. I tried to, to recreate 
this stone even if at some point I used a, a pick mm. uh, but I wanted to to recreate a bit the tone of Mark Knopfler a, a bit his style more or less and you know the Dire Straits uh, first uh, songs uh, which were talking about you know problems people having problems you know and how to solve the problems and, and so and this song basically reflects also a part of my life recently I I yeah I got some you know some some hits let's say some some things to to think of and uh, and I realized that sometimes exactly like the, the title explains life can give you a hit but don't give up moving because if you stop moving you you won't you won't get to where you want to be so mm. you you won't achieve your dreams mm. no and, and 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 otherwise without let's say hits we can't improve uh, we can't think about ourselves and uh, our life and we can't also awake sometimes mm. yeah and then you've got others on there like mr skunk that's right on there yes how exactly. does that sort of stuff come about so <laughs> life can give you a hit but don't give up moving came very quickly actually by the way there's a tom petty line in the song where he says if you don't run you rust and I like that a lot. Like, you know, just keep going. Like, yeah. why not? Otherwise, you'll just get still. Who cares? Exactly, exactly. And I really like that sort of way of looking at things. But anyway, Mr. Skunk is on there as well. Another yeah. one. How did that come about? Just to sort of jam? Or do you actually sort of sit down and write this stuff out? No, it was uh, Mr. Skunk is basically dedicated to uh, John Schofield, who is a master of jazz guitar and he's one of my biggest influences. Uh, because he's the only man in the jazz guitar world who plays uh, with distortion mm. he plays bendings mm. and it sounds amazing so mm. uh, and mm. fantastic so and when i play funk when i when i write uh, funk songs more or less I always try to imagine this is this is stupid I know this is stupid but it's I try not to stupid go on go on <laughs> I try to I try to imagine a black man a fat black man who is walking uh, on the street with the hat put uh, the hat uh, the baseball cap uh, no and uh, how do you call the, the thing in, in front uh, is, is, is a cover the cover yeah like the, the sort of yeah. tip bit of the Exactly, the yeah. tip yeah. is behind and he's walking very slowly, you know, very springy, you know, with the Coca-Cola in his hand. And he's so enjoying this Coca-Cola. And I see him walking, you know, in front of me. And, you know, that's how I imagine the funk and the, 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 the rhythm of the funk. So, so your music <laughs> is written for fat, middle-aged black men? No. Basically. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. But this, this is the idea. I don't know what, where it comes from, but it's, it's really funny. It's yeah, a very specific image, yeah, I must yeah. admit. Do you play a lot of this stuff live or not really? Um, currently, not really. I had one concert only, <laughs> the last 1st November 2017, uh, which actually went pretty good because I had some really good critics and uh, a lot of people coming to see. But uh, yeah, for some reasons, I prefer to concentrate more, let's say, on, on writing stuff 
and then to have some material you know that I can say okay now I can set up my own band and I really can go out but I would like mainly try not to play only in Berlin because in Berlin I noticed that they try not to pay you or mm. to pay you really 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 less Yeah, I, don't I don't know if I just, can say this. Uh, I think you can. And I don't think it's just Berlin, to be honest yeah. with you. But, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a bit the, let's say, the musical world. And so I would say, what's, what's, I mean, what's the meaning of going to play, you know, that you have to bring the people, no? You have mm. to, you, 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 if you are paid, you are paid 25 or nothing. Mm. And so it's ridiculous. So I prefer maybe to get the right people to make recordings or YouTube videos, for example. Mm. I, I have a friend of mine who is actually coming tomorrow because we would like to record a second YouTube videos. We made the first one the, this summer in July and mm. now it's, it's a second one on another uh, blues backing track. And so I try to concentrate on projects like this, you know. So mm. we have a, a target, we know, we are stay focused, we study, we play, bam, one mm. day recording, boom. Mm. And so, and this, this, uh, it means also improvement, no, mm. in your guitar playing. And so, yeah, so mm. to me is now it, it is so. I prefer to stay home and study a bit more. And when I find, of course, the right mm. chances, jam sessions or whatever, mm. yeah, you know, of I course. can always... Yeah, but of course, it's also very hard at these sort of unplugged acoustic sessions to really play what you're trying to play, I guess, as well. Because yeah. especially if it's just you and an acoustic guitar, like how can you get across Oh yeah, what we've what you played earlier? Like how uh, you can't really replicate that, I guess. Mm, let's say it's a bit difficult in the acoustic sessions, even if, of course, you can... I mean, if you have the right people which support you as a musician I mean nothing is impossible you no. can also with an acoustic guitar play a super funk no? mm. but mm. the, yeah, thing, yeah, totally. the thing is to find in the moment uh, the, the people who are aware of the rhythm you know that you don't have to worry to listen to this because he lost maybe uh, I don't know one chord or the other one who is not in the right rhythm you know mm. and um, so at some point I get also tired yeah. and I don't enjoy I don't have fun and when I mm. play music I want to have fun so That's why also in London was so good because I didn't have to worry at all that the musician could keep the, 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 the tempo, the rhythm and, and knows the parts. Mm. I just got on the stage, you know, I said, I want to sing this. Okay, one, two, one, two, three, and, and we started yeah. to play. Yeah. Just tell them what key it's in or yes. what chord it starts on yeah, exactly. and away you go. And I, yeah. just, I just make a, made a sign with the hand, for example, and they immediately turn the dynamic lower. So that's... That's what I mean. No, you, yeah. if you if you have a good musicians, even if you don't know them, but you you can immediately manage. It's like magic. It really it's is. It's like magic, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I was okay here in Berlin. Okay, mm. I wait a bit more, maybe, yeah. and I will see. But you're still looking for people to sort of jam with or play with, or you're still always open to that kind uh, of thing. Or? Yeah, of course, I am. I am looking for people actually to jam, to build projects. You know, to to experience also completely different experiences in the for example in the folk uh, in the in the i don't know um, a pop world the funk you know it's i mean it's cool and it, the interesting the sorry the interesting thing <laughs> uh, sometimes my english goes uh, <laughs> i would say it's pretty good man um, yeah. yeah and you, you spoke german earlier and it was still better than mine so uh, yeah there we go my god <laughs> <laughs> so no i was saying i i don't remember yeah 
then you can also uh, make some good exchange. Mm. So maybe, I don't know, you can teach me something that I don't know, I can teach you something that you don't know, or you can say, oh, you could listen to this, this, which, and then I find something new to study, for example, or mm. something new to, to, you know, to appreciate. Mm. Uh, when, when the people are good, you have always some tips, you know, that you can follow, and so it's, it's a mutual exchange. It, it's a, a win-win, let's say, mm. you know, mm. so it's, yeah. But are you happy where you are musically or is it something you'd like to pursue to sort of make money out of or as a sort of more of a career kind of thing? Or are you quite happy with the balance you have? Mm, no, I'm not happy <laughs> <laughs> because in reality, <clears throat> my dream would be to really set up an organ trio, a blues organ trio and go and play around the world. This mm. would be really, this is my, my, my dream. Uh, not for the money, but, you know, because I can give something to the people who are coming to listen to me. So I would really like to express my, my things through the songs I choose, through the musicians I play with, that we establish really a connection, you know, and every concert is, of course, with the same songs, but it's a bit different because I played also jazz uh, for, a, for, a, for a, let's say, a long period. So mm. I know... The interaction between musicians is very important. When you have a, established a good interaction, you can create something magic. You know, mm. when it starts to work, it works good, and then you can fly mm. to the moon without mm. any problem. So this is my my dream. Let's say to have a band to play around the world, make concerts. You know, and uh, yeah, sometimes I dream about this. You know, I try to dream with my open eyes and imagine myself. I don't know, in, in a club with 200 people, you know, and with, with these red lights, you know, everything is a bit black and mm -hmm. you look at each other with the musician. Then yeah, I yeah. go to the organ player and I say, hey, let's play this. Yeah, which which tonality? Hey, okay, good. And then you start with the, with the rhythm and then yeah. I follow, you know. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Who inspires you today, though? Because we talked about a lot of older musicians. So we talked about Led Zepp and Clapton and lots of others from that sort of period. Mm -hmm. We didn't even touch on Clapton and Derek and the Dominoes or the Allman Brothers Band, yeah. which is more country Ooh. rock but blues as well. Yeah. We didn't even go down that path, which yeah. we could have. But um, who really inspires you today, though? Are there sort of any modern blues players that really make you think, oh, yeah, they're really good and the blues is still alive? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think blues is quite depressing and it's sort of died out, right? And no. that, that's not the case at all. No, 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 no. B.B. Uh, King also said uh, all the people think that blues is depressing, but it is not. Because mm. there are also many, many songs where, for example, a man is happy that he found a woman and he wants to make everything for this woman that she, she can be also happy, you know, mm. and mm. he feels like uh, up in the sky. And so, you mm. know, blues is... Uh, is uh, is a testimony of what's inside your mind, what's inside your soul. So mm -hmm. it can be good, it can be bad, uh, but you know, it not it's not everything mm. sad. You know that you no, have to no. cry every moment. No, no, no. But who's making those good testimonials today, then? For me, uh, I recently, uh, let's say, uh, discovered Joe Bonamassa mm -hmm. in terms of uh, let's say blues revival. In terms of also uh, tips and tricks that he gives you, because all this stuff about Clapton, Peter Green, uh, you know, Jeff Beck, that I found out, I found out because he was uh, basically was speaking in YouTube videos. He was saying, yeah, you can set up your Gibson, this, 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 and you have the Jeff Beck tone. Or you can set up this, 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 and you have Peter Green mm -hmm. and whatever. And so he's really, let's say, 
a super master regarding the tone and the sound of the guitar. Uh, how he plays is really, really hard. How he plays is too much for me, too extreme. Mm. No? Mm. But he's, he's a super massive, incredible, fantastic musician. He's super good, technical, super talented, absolutely super mm. cool. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, though. It's a bit much for me, but it yeah. is. I do respect him. Yeah, a lot, yeah, like, absolutely, definitely. absolutely fantastic man, you know. And uh, I went actually to three of his concerts. Mm. He was I here was, this year, right? In Berlin? Uh, or was it last? No, I think he's year. in Hamburg. Oh, I was at Hamburg. Uh, okay, I think, yeah. But, I think the last year was in Berlin. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, he's really, he's really cool, absolutely. And he always, to me, is a really, how uh, can I say, flagship. Mm-hmm. that the blues is still alive and he's really telling the new generation guys there's a lot to say speaking of blues we haven't even talked about some people that I know about and that don't maybe influence me but people I love listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan we haven't even touched on in mm. any way whatsoever Ooh. like an incredible blues player oh, yeah like and then from there or I mean I'd start from BB King then sort of okay Stevie Ray Vaughan goes from there and then more modern I guess a lot of people I hear mention John Mayer though as a fantastic Same. blues player yeah I mean he does a lot of pop music definitely but his actual guitar skill is unbelievable yeah like, <clears throat> I mean John Mayer is also one of my influences uh, influences not that I copy but I try to understand really how he, he plays and uh, Eric Clapton defined him a, 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 true, a truly master yeah and when Clapton says that yeah hands yeah. off uh, heads off you know yeah. Yeah. so um, he has uh, the capability this man I don't know from where it, it takes this capability from but it's fantastic he plays solos with with, the, with such an emotion melodically I mean it's it's incredible the things that he the notes also he uses mm. it's it's classy really it's classy yeah. you know he's yeah. maybe he's not the fastest whatever no, no. but no, no, no. wow so and uh, yeah i i found myself studying him pretty much two years ago more mm. or less because also rhythmically is is amazing he yeah, has a yeah. he's I mean, of course, due to the acoustic, you know, he was playing acoustic uh, alone with the mm. solos and with the bass player at the beginning of his career. So he has made, of course, a lot of work in this thing. Yeah, of course. But, uh, I mean, he's uh, a continuous inspiration to me, absolutely. Mm. And he's a fantastic uh, songwriter. Yeah, yeah. V- very simple songs, you know, but, you know. Yeah, see, I, I love John Mayer, I really do. And a lot of people think that that makes me some sort of pop wimp. Because some of his stuff is very poppy. It's very like it's simple chords, G, C, D, whatever. Like very simple pop tunes that are on yeah. about girls or, you know, the weekend or whatever. And it's a bit light. Mm-hmm. But I like it because just the nuances of his guitaring is exactly. incredible. Like, and it's not too much over the top. Like there's a few songs, mm-hmm. even off his last album that came out last year. Um, and they're very pop tunes, and mm. it will only maybe have sort of a couple of licks of his guitar, but it's perfect. It's like that is all it needed. It didn't exactly. need some big solo that's going all over the place. Exactly. It didn't need some heavy chords. Just needed these little like inputs. Exactly. They are and, in on the right place, you know, in the right moment. These, yeah. these melodies, these chords, these yeah. things. You know, so. And he seems to just do it naturally. Exactly. It's like he knows exactly when to play and when to shut mm. up. I'm like, 
Oh, cool. Like, yeah. how the hell do you do that? It's a guitarist that actually shuts up sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, never yeah, happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This, this, is, this is a great quality, you know. A lot, of, uh, a lot of teachers I had, they always said to me, you have to learn, first of all, to stay quiet. Yeah. And to listen to the other people. Yeah. It's called Dynamics, as a friend of mine said at an open mic. We formed a little Tom Petty sort of cover band, a guy called Richard. Cool. And we didn't even play a gig. We just rehearsed. Oh. <laughs> but we were all playing way too loud. And at one point, he just stopped us all and was like, guys, it's called Dynamics. Yeah. Like, chill. Calm down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Was, That's so true, actually. Well done. Yeah. But, yeah. Where can we find out more of your music? Because you've got a bunch of stuff on SoundCloud, right? Yes, Under exactly. the Iodora, Iodora's Journey, you look Iodora's for. Journey, exactly. Yeah. Iodora's yeah. Journey, yes. And then uh, on Facebook also I have uh, Iodora's Journey, the, the, the Facebook page. I'm actually now thinking of organizing also a, a web page, really, with mm. my, a bit, my bio and uh, music and events and so. But momentaneously, at the moment, I am, I prefer to wait, you know, to have some concrete things in my hands uh, that I say, okay, I really start. It's, mm. uh, let's say, it's a work in progress project. Mm. But uh, I'm trying every day, you know, to do something different, to add some songs, new songs in the months. And so, yeah, I, I definitely will do it probably in the new year. Mm, but mm. Uh, currently, yes, uh, the SoundCloud is the, the place where to find my music. Yeah. And you're happy to collaborate with people if they want to reach out? For a few licks here and there? Yeah, or? absolutely. I'm, of course, I'm always uh, happy to do that. Because mm. as mm. I said, I can learn also something, you know, it's also for me. Mm. Maybe it's so mm. difficult that I have to to be in the right, you know, tempo and so stick yeah, yeah. with the tempo, you know. Oh, the melody has to be played. So, okay, sorry, okay, no interpretation. Okay, all right, you know. <laughs> so, so it's it's good, it's good. I, I, I actually did it uh, for some time when I was in Italy and then some studio recordings. Mm. But then, you know, I, of course, I moved out. And so, yeah, now I'm, I'm willing to do it again. Yeah, cool. And before we go, last thing, because no one can see this, but this room is really, really cool that we're in. It's become your sort of practice room now, right? It was supposed to be a cozy space for you and your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And now it's become a music studio. Yes. It's huge <laughs> as well. Like, my music studio is the corner of one room. This oh. room is like, what, 15 Oops. square meters. Oops. So it's pretty big. And okay. uh, you've got an amp in the corner, which is the coolest, one of the coolest amps I've ever seen in my life, which is Thank you. what... Uh, brand was that again? I'd never uh, heard of it. Doctor Z. Doctor Z. Doctor Z. Doctor Z. Doctor Z. Mass eighteen uh, junior reverb. Yeah, it's I can't cold. go without talking about equipment in here, so <laughs> we have to do that. And that's in the corner, and that's what you heard uh, being played through earlier with a few pedals on the front there. Exactly. But uh, that amp is really, really fantastic. Really Thank sounds you. brilliant. Thank but you. also your guitar collection yeah. is pretty good oh, as well. <laughs> Let's face it. So what have you got over there? Just a quick explanation so people can at least Google it. I might take a picture and upload it as well. Uh, Okay, okay. So, uh, yes, we have um, uh, Gibson ES-175, which is uh, called uh, Jade. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, uh, Thank you. It really is. It's such a wonderful guitar. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's a really nice uh, jazz guitar. I played jazz with that for a long time, and I was was pretty happy now. It deserves a bit of uh, arrangement again. 
again because uh, it's a bit uh, broken let's say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I still play it and I play it in an, uh, uh, open, uh, an open E tuning because mm-hmm. I'm now trying to practice slide yeah. so I uh, and this and here comes Dwayne Arman yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly and uh, then we have uh, Amber Amber is the guitar I played the, the song at the beginning mm-hmm. with so it's uh, basically Tokai Les Paul mm-hmm. replica mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, called Tokai Love Rock but I changed all the circuit basically all the uh, on the pickups and I put uh, two um, looks uh, bumblebees you know I made everything like a 59 this ball mm, and mm, I really mm. got the the tone of that so I'm yeah. I'm absolutely I'm happy. happy fantastic guitar fantastic tone yeah. uh, sustain incredible I like yeah. it and then I'm really pleased to see the last one there's a bass there as well which yeah. we won't mention too much but there's yeah. a the last sort of one of the trio there is something we talked about earlier because I'm really glad to see someone proudly displaying their squire. Yeah. Most people hide it away because it's, you know, a crap guitar kind of thing. No. But my squire is not <laughs> as old as that one, but it's mm-hmm. an old sort of design style with huge jumbo frets on it and things. Mm-hmm. And and it plays beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, squire, to me, uh, doesn't mean crap. Uh, I mean, it depends. It depends. There yeah, are some China yeah. or Taiwan or whatever, Korea, yeah. that... They can be, of course, but uh, I mean, here we're talking about uh, uh, 1983 Squire uh, Stratocaster, yeah. uh, which was one of the first example of these vintage resue models Fender made again in and wanted to make make again in the at the early 80s, yeah. and for this they used all the old woods, necks, bodies, whatever components of the old 1960s. Yeah. So you effectively got a 1960s Strat. Yeah, exactly. Just of different bits. Exactly. They moved, they they basically, they brought all this stuff in Japan and they say, okay, people, you can do that. Please make these, these guitars. So actually, the guitar plays like, you know, a 1963, 62. So, you know. Thank you very much for this. It's super, super good fun. Thank you. A couple of cups of coffee, so I'm probably not going to sleep for the next, like, four days. But it's... (laughs) Really, really nice. And thank you for having me over. Really, really good fun. Thank you so much, really, for the opportunity to be in this podcast and uh, podcast. Sorry, my English. (laughs) (laughs) Right at the end. (laughs) Right at the end. Yeah, podcast. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope to, of course, to cultivate the, the music scene and to see people around and continue to play and to, you know. Yeah. Cool. Be good. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.